did Jesus Christ, by whom God made the worlds, get it wrong? John chapter 3, 16 through 20. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Carnal man who is dead in trespasses and sins will consistently contest, thus saith the Lord, for his deeds are evil, and he is of the devil's root. The world's sheep, or rather goats, are bound by a myriad of mental and physical maladies. These maladies are spiritually rooted and were formed because carnal man has rejected the Christ of Calvary. Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty three, For the tree is known by his fruit. The tree from whence the world has its fruit was first found in the midst of the Garden of Eden. At this tree, Grandmother Eve rejected God's word in an act of unbelief and embraced the devil's words. Grandfather Adam followed his wife's lead. Since then, all their progeny, you and I, were sold in sin. As Psalms 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. There is no cure to be found on this earth. The matter is utterly hopeless. No, the remedy is not of this world. The cure is God's only begotten Son, who came down to earth from heaven to break the stranglehold Satan had over the souls of men, and to set these captive souls free to all that will believe upon his name. Jesus calls this place of great freedom born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except that man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Here we die to the old carnal man and are resurrected unto Christ forevermore. Christian water baptism by immersion is symbolic of this unparalleled miracle called born again. Romans 6, 3 through 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again, to be born a very real second time, this time of the Spirit of God? In just a few moments. I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you follow from your heart, everything will change for you today. Have you tired of the world's empty, foolish bondages? Do you crave a new beginning, a brand new beginning? Today you have arrived at the solution. 
Today, all your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. You will be born a brand new second time. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken, no matter how daunting they appear. Today, you will be pristine, Holy Ghost, clean and free. This is the event of all events, and it is just seconds away. Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Click now. You cannot wait. Now for today's subject. God said, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God said, Acts chapter 19, verse 2. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. God said, Mark sixteen seventeen, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Man said, I keep my faith to myself. It is a private matter, you see, not for public consumption. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,190, that will once again certify the bona fides of God's beautiful book, the Majority Text Holy Bible. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and to be used as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May the grace and glory of God be multiplied unto you and your house. Soon everyone visiting this message will die, even if one lives a hundred more years. Psalms 99 and 10, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Consider James 4.14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. This is the situation of all mankind. When John Doe arrives at the end of his life, all the world's empty foolishness ends. There is no more road for John Doe. It's over, and whatever he possessed is no longer his. John's house is not his. John's car, his boat, his hunting rifle, not his anymore. John's checking account, financial portfolios, his money, John's clothes and shoes, even John's wife is not his anymore. When John gives up the ghost, he will go on to meet his deeds and his day of reckoning. Who would doubt this hard reality? It happens every day, and there is no denying it. But what if I told you there was a way to change this downward and empty spiral? Years ago, I picked up a hitchhiker, a man in his 50s or so, who gave every appearance of being hooked on alcohol or drugs. He was unkempt and dirty, but he was a philosopher. The hitchhiker told me that his grand plan was to live like hell and blow everything he had, which appeared to be very little, and then die because you can't take it with you. I agreed with the old philosopher, 
and told him that it is true that you can't take it with you. I let him in on a secret, though. You can send it on ahead. Of course, the sons and daughters of God regularly demonstrate this amazing ability by investing in the eternal kingdom of God. Jesus perfectly frames this principle in Matthew six nineteen through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. My oldest grandson said to me, Pap, you must be rich. I told him I was rich all right, not necessarily in money, but rich in eternal souls. I explained that the creator of the universe died a naked pauper on an old rugged cross, but surely he was the richest of all, of and for all time. For on the cross of sacrifice, he redeemed all the world's wretched and lost that would call upon his name. I explained that one blood-bought soul was worth more than the aggregate wealth of the entire earth and its universe. That's what rich looks like. It has been my glorious privilege to be washed in the blood of the mighty Christ for over 50 years. Very early in the faith, I learned to ask two questions that have generated enormous eternal wealth. In your study of the scriptures, you would have noted that Jesus often asked questions. When questioned, an individual is challenged to examine and recite his own knowledge in a particular matter. When witnessing of Christ to others, our words often go into one ear and out the other, but when a question is posed, the individual's knowledge on the matter becomes clear to both the questioner and the one being quizzed. God was teaching me how to ask questions. Question number one. It was about 1971, and I was sitting in a sociology class at Penn State University. The professor asked the class, How do you get to heaven? He polled the class, and the answers boiled down to two. One, go to church and obey the Ten Commandments. And two, you don't have to go to church. Just be a good person and don't hurt anyone, and you'll make it to heaven. Before we continue, how would you answer the question, how do you get to heaven? Get a slip of paper, jot down your answer. Pause the audio on your computer or phone and write down your answer. Now look at the paper. Is that your final answer? The professor, by the way, voted for number one. In 1971, I was a new child of God, and I hadn't yet voted in the classroom poll. I raised my hand and asked, Professor, would you accept Jesus Christ as an authority on how to get to heaven? The professor replied that if one was Christian, the answer would have to be yes. In that case, I continued, both answers on the board are incorrect. I reminded the class that Jesus said in John 3, 3, that one must be born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There were about 30 students in that university classroom, mostly all confessing Christianity, combined nearly 600 years of pew-sitting, and not one knew how to get to heaven. I'm sure that a good percentage of you have now looked down at your slip of paper and discovered that you have written down the wrong answer. That's not good. When you realize the answer was already given in the prelude of this very feature 
info that went into one ear and right out the other. Asking a question engages the listener, requiring inward search, exposing the individual's knowledge surrounding the subject. I've asked the question, how do you get to heaven from here a multitude of times, but I've only gotten the correct answer back once. Many souls have been won unto Christ because of that question. By the way, the last name of the professor who taught the sociology class, Divine. Coincidence, you think? Ask the question, you'll be shocked at your excellent results. When your loved one acknowledges to you and to themselves that they do not know how to get to heaven, close the cell. Ask him or her if they would like to settle the issue and give their heart to Jesus Christ. Right there on the spot. If you need some tutoring on what to say when they say yes, and that will happen frequently, visit Further with Jesus. Everything you need is there. Born again is the greatest miracle man can know. Question number two. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with other tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. The second question I learned to ask was, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? The baptism of the Holy Ghost, also known as the gift of the Holy Ghost, is foundational to the development of the child of God and to the growth of the church. The day of Pentecost, when the church initially received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is commonly known as the birthday of the church. Forty days had transpired from the resurrection of our Lord until his ascension into heaven, and another ten days to Pentecost, and not one soul in the biblical text had been added to the church. The believers were hiding for fear of the Jews. Keep in mind, their leader had just been crucified. On the day of Pentecost, a Jewish feast day similar to America's Thanksgiving, 3,000 souls were saved in what appears to be just minutes. Acts 2, verses 1 through 8. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? 
Then after the apostle Peter preached the gospel unto them, we find the following in Acts 2, 37 through 41. And now when they heard this, they were pricked to their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The first commandment Jesus Christ gives to the church just before ascending into heaven is to tarry in Jerusalem until they receive power from on high. Luke 24, 46 through 49. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Again, our Lord instructs the church in Acts 1, 8 and 9, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. John the Baptist spoke of King Jesus in Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The gift of the Holy Ghost was not something just for the days of the infant church. No, not by a long shot. Consider Acts 2.38-39 once again. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Did Jesus teach speaking in tongues? The answer is yes. And the ability to speak in tongues is included by Jesus in his description of what a believer would look like. Jesus describes the believer in Mark 16, 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed, as they did on the day of Pentecost when they all spoke in tongues unknown to the speakers? If you answered no, if you have received but have not spoken in tongues again, or if you find it hard to stir up the gift, please visit the God Said, Man Said Holy Ghost series. Take your time. Read or listen to each feature in order, and do not skip ahead. During feature five, 
expect to be baptized in the Holy Ghost as they were on the day of Pentecost. This is the Holy Ghost power and boldness you need. The second question I have learned to ask was framed in Acts 19.2, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? This is the second greatest miracle man can know, and the first commandment Christ gave to the church just before he ascended into heaven. Since that question was initially asked, untold millions have received that baptism in the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost. When you ask the question and find that your loved one has not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, ask if they would like to receive it on the spot. If the answer is yes, and you need tutored on what to do next, visit Baptism in the Holy Ghost at Home Help, a 15 to 18 minute guide. It's all there, everything you're going to need. God taught me to ask two very special questions and the eternal wealth generated is immeasurable. Begin accumulating your eternal wealth today. Click on the Further with Jesus for simple, simple childlike instructions. Everything you need, it's certainly there. God said, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God said, Acts chapter 19, verse 2. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. God said, Mark 16, verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Man said, I keep my faith to myself. It is a private matter, you see, not for public consumption. Now you have the record.